0: Section 7 of A Book of American Explorers. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. A Book of American Explorers by Thomas Wentworth Higginson. Book 2, Part 2 The Second Voyage of Columbus this description is taken from a letter by dr chanka physician to the fleet of columbus to the authorities of seville dr chanka's residence on the first sunday after all saints namely the third of november fourteen ninety three about dawn a pilot of the ship capitana cried out the reward i see the land the joy of the people was so great that it was wonderful to hear their cries and exclamations of pleasure and they had good reason to be delighted for they had become so wearied of bad living and working the water out of the ships that all sighed most anxiously for land on the morning of the aforesaid sunday we saw lying before us an island and soon on the right hand another appeared the first was high and mountainous on the side nearest to us the other flat and very thickly wooded as soon as it became lighter other islands began to appear on both sides so that on that day there were six islands to be seen lying in different directions and most of them of considerable size we directed our course towards that which we had first seen and reaching the coast we proceeded more than a league in search of a port where we might anchor but without finding one all that part of the island which we could observe appeared mountainous very beautiful and green even up to the water which was delightful to see for at that season there is scarcely anything green in our own country when we found that there was no harbor there the admiral decided that we should go to the other island which appeared on the right and which was at four or five leagues distance one vessel however still remained on the first island all that day seeking for a harbour in case it should be necessary to return thither at length having found a good one where they saw both people and dwellings they returned that night to the fleet which had put into harbour at the other island and there the admiral accompanied by a great number of men landed with a royal banner in his hands and took formal possession in behalf of their majesties on this first day of our landing several men and women came on the beach up to the water's edge and gazed at the boats in astonishment at so novel a sight and when a boat pushed on shore to speak with them they cried out taino taino which is as much to say good good and waited for the landing of the sailors standing by the boat in such a manner that they might escape when they pleased the result was that none of the men could be persuaded to join us and only two were taken by force who were secured and led away another day at the dinner hour we arrived at an island which seemed to be worth finding for judging by the extent of cultivation in it it appeared very populous we went thither and put into harbor when the admiral immediately sent on shore a well-manned barge to hold speech with the indians in order to ascertain what race they were and also because we considered it necessary to gain some information respecting our course although it afterwards plainly appeared that the admiral who had never made that passage before had taken a very correct route but since doubtful questions ought always by investigation to be reduced as nearly to a certainty as possible he wished that communication should be held with the natives at once and some of the men who went in a barge leaped on shore and went up to a village whence the inhabitants had already withdrawn and hidden themselves they took in this island five or six women and some boys most of whom were captives like those in the other island we learned from the women whom we had brought with us that the natives of this place also were caribbees as this barge was about to return to the ships with the capture which they had taken a canoe came along the coast containing four men two women and a boy and when they saw the fleet they were so stupefied with amazement that for a good hour they remained motionless at the distance of nearly two gunshots from the ships in this position they were seen by those who were in the barge and also by all the fleet meanwhile those in the barge moved towards the canoe but so close in shore that the indians in their perplexity and astonishment as to what all this could mean never saw them until they were so near that escape was impossible for our men pressed on them so rapidly that they could not get away although they made considerable effort to do so when the caribbees saw that all attempt at flight was useless they most courageously took to their bows both women and men i say most courageously because there were only four men and two women and our people were twenty-five in number two of our men were wounded by the indians one with two arrow-shots in his breast and another with one in his side and if it had not happened that they carried shields and wooden bucklers and that they got near them with the barge and upset their canoe most of them would have been killed with their arrows after their canoe was upset they remained in the water swimming and occasionally wading for there were shallows in that part still using their bows as much as they could so that our men had enough to do to take them and after all there was one of them who they were unable to secure till he had received a mortal wound with a lance and whom thus wounded they took to the ships the difference between these caribbees and the other indians with respect to dress consists in their wearing their hair very long while the others have it clipped irregularly and paint their heads with crosses and a hundred thousand different devices each according to his fancy which they do with sharpened reeds all of them both the caribbees and the others are beardless so that it is a rare thing to find a man with a beard the caribbees whom we took had their eyes and eyebrows stained which i imagine they do from ostentation and to give them a more formidable appearance the country is very remarkable and contains a vast number of large rivers and extensive chains of mountains with broad open valleys and the mountains are very high it does not appear that the grass is ever cut throughout the year i do not think they have any winter in this part for near navidad at christmas were found many birds nests some containing the young birds and others containing eggs no four-footed animal has ever been seen in this or any of the other islands except some dogs of various colors as in our own country but in shape like large house-dogs and also some little animals, in color, size, and fur, like a rabbit, with long tails, and feet like those of a rat. These animals climb up the trees, and many who have tasted them say they are very good to eat. There are not any wild beasts. There are a great number of small snakes and some lizards, but not many, for the Indians consider them as a great luxury as we do pheasants. They are of the same size as ours, but different in shape in a small adjacent island close by a harbor called monte cristo where we stayed several days our men saw an enormous kind of lizard which they said was as large round as a calf with a tail as long as a lance which they often went out to kill but bulky as it was it got into the sea so that they could not catch it there are both in this and the other islands an infinite number of birds like those in our own country and many others such as we have never seen No kind of domestic fowl has been seen here, with the exception of some ducks in the houses of Zeruquilla. These ducks were larger than those of Spain, though smaller than geese, very pretty, with tufts on their heads, most of them as white as snow, but some black. End of section 7 Recording by Pete McKelvin